Hello, this is Tanisha Graham, and I am your host for Cue the Creatives. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We have a special guest for you, especially if you are in sales and in coaching and life coaching, practitioners, things of that nature. This is the perfect, perfect interview for you to hear. I have a very special guest and she is an expert at what she does. She has mastered the art of closing, which all of us seem to think is probably a mystical magic (laughs) ability that is a very hard thing to figure out. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Brooke Evans from the Closers Academy. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Tanisha. So good to be here. Thank you. So glad you're here. So first of all, just tell us a little bit about your background and what you have done and what you've discovered through the years in sales. Yeah, for sure. Well, it is. It's so funny that you say that because sales can be hard and anxiety driven and really sleazy. And you just there's just so many emotions when it comes to money, because our culture teaches us right that it is it is not a good thing to close high ticket or to make a lot of money when in all reality, we are solving problem people's problems, then we should be making tons of money because that's what entrepreneurs do is they solve people's problems. And I think that I had a really hard time figuring that out for many, many years. Um, I started in entrepreneurship. Um, I I coached for a co- corporation for about six years and then decided to start my own practice. So then I went and I did a lot of mindset coaching actually for real estate agents. And I closed um, a lot of clients, but the problem was, is I, I felt like I had the wrong avatar and I also felt like I had no idea what I was doing when I was doing yeah. so. Like I knew what problems I want to solve. I knew that my program yes. could get results, but like it was just so difficult because I just, I didn't know how to get on a phone and give myself permission to sell a high ticket without feeling like slimy or sleazy or manipulative or even just feeling guilty for doing that right because i think that all sales should be done with awesome authenticity and with being ethical and for whatever reason those big numbers were just hard for me right Right. and so long story short i uh i did a lot of investing in myself because i do think that if we're selling high coaches we have better have like trod the journey of doing that ourselves. And so I invested um, in a lot of various high ticket coaching programs, some that helped and some that hurt. Um, but what I found is that the ones that hurt me were the ones that were teaching me to do sales in a very high pressure. It was like a high pressure boiler room that I felt like I was putting my prospects then that I wasn't even comfortable with. So how could they be comfortable? Right. And it was, it was incredibly uncomfortable and long story short, I went for months with a close rate of like one in 11. And I was, I don't know about you, but when you are an entrepreneur that's making your income by doing sales and enrolling clients and then working on that fulfillment, the fulfillment was great for me, but it was like the acquiring the client that was so hard. And I just remember feeling a lot of pressure and a lot of desperateness and I was going on to the call with those and I didn't know how to manage it because what what was being taught on how to manage that was to induce more pressure and more fear and more scarcity and 
long story short, it ended up being one in every 11. And you know, just as well as me, like that just gets to you. I don't know. I don't care who you are. You close like it does. You get 10 no's before you hear one, one yes, right on the 11th try. And it was just, it was really, really difficult. And then I started questioning myself and like my program and those things didn't need to be in question. I just needed a new way. And I needed to not get to a point where I like, I resented the phone. Cause then I started resenting the people on the phone. You know, I was like, okay, you're going to come up with like all these yes. excuses. You're just going to lie. Like who teaches these people what to say? It's like, they're all saying the same thing. I need to talk to my spouse. Like I need to run the numbers. Hey, let me think about it. And you're like, what you were, I swore that you were, you just told me like 10 minutes ago that this was the perfect fit. Right. Yes. They're resonating with yes. everything you're telling them. And then they, yes. And it was so difficult and it just got yeah. to me. So I took the, I took it into my own hands, reviewed 1,024 of my own sales calls. Um, and it took me quite a few weeks, wow. honestly. And I just tried to look for patterns. Like, why did some people say yes? Why did some people say no? Why did people say yes without asking, um, for further clarification or why do some people say no? and have tons of excuses and objections. And how come some people said yes, but I had to overcome some objections. Like I was looking for all of these patterns and because I couldn't find them with the experts that I had invested in, I decided to figure it out myself. So after reviewing those sales calls, I, um, I came to the conclusion, um, there's this fine line that's really interesting with sales where like you, and I, I face this with my clients a lot is like some clients, they talk too much on their sales call. And so this, the, the prospect walks away feeling like they have all the answers and they don't need to buy, or you have the other problem on the other oh, end of yeah. the spectrum where they're not talking enough. And they're just like, they're asking all these questions and they're just leaving people in their pain with their problems. And there's no resolution, but there's a really big offer. And they're just like, why would I buy that when I just bore my soul to you? And I have no strategy that I'm walking away with. Right. So, right. They need to feel like they walked yeah. away with something for their time, yes. but not everything. Yes, it really <laughs> is. Tanisha. It really is. So I was like, how do you, yes. how do you fix that? And after reviewing the 1024 sales calls, I realized that, um, the reason that these people are coming up with excuses was because not because of objections are a bad thing, but because objections are evidences of false beliefs. And those beliefs were not changed on the sales call. Uh, and part of our job is uh, not just to okay. read scripts that teach us what to say and what questions to ask, but our role as coaches, as consultants, as those that sell high ticket offers, our job is if we're really doing a service to them is to help them change their beliefs so that they change their story so that they get different results. And the minute that happens on a sales call is the minute that they can give you their credit card without any excuses. So that was the first thing that I found was just like, you've got to change belief and you change belief through effective storytelling. So that's an art in itself. But the second thing I found was how you sell is actually how you fulfill. And no one really even talks about this either. Like I, it was probably through my own painful experiences, but I have found that those that have a really hard time selling for the majority of the time, it's because their fulfillment isn't that great. 
if their fulfillment was so good and they have evidences of all the success that's happening in their yes. and with their product, like you, you share that product or that program with someone that you're standing next to in Walmart. Like you just want to share it with everyone, you know, like, but you transfer the enthusiasm or you don't Yeah. period. Exactly. exactly. So I was just like, okay, as much as selling has to do with like frameworks and mindset and belief changing, it has to do with the back end and evidence of how you sell is going to show up and how you fulfill. Because if you sell someone in a way that's like slimy, sleazy, manipulative and coercive and from a place of fear and not an obligation instead of empowerment, love and decisiveness, do not be surprised if they show up in your program and if they're flaky, if they're not decided or if they're doing things out of obligation for you instead of success for themselves, like I was seeing this transfer of how I sold was being fulfilled. And I was like, I have got to fix my fulfillment before I actually sell. And the minute I focused on my fulfillment and like my clients were just getting results after results after results, not because I took responsibility for their results and started putting their money in their pocket for them, but because I started creating like frameworks and checkpoints and over deliver and over delivering in ways that they didn't even suspect um, they started seeing those things. They started getting not just results, but results in the fastest amount of time. So that when I went onto my next sales call with my next prospect, it was like, well, this is a no brainer. Like I have no reason to bribe you about getting this product or this joining this program, because I already have enough evidences that I don't need to convince myself on the sales call that you need it. You need to help to see yourself that this is something that you need by identifying the problem that you really have that you came on the call with today. So Long story short, those were the two things that I figured out. And it was just, it's just been game changer, not just for me, but for my clients. Well, it's so huge. And one thing that I know I could hear in your voice, and we've all felt this as high ticket closers as well, is you want to just create a massive value. And when, when you're not believing in that value, like wholeheartedly, cause you're either not doing the program yourself or whatever's happening, you, you don't transfer that enthusiasm, like you said. And I think that's so true, but what do you, what advice would you give to people who are trying to sell? And there is this, like you said, weird stigma on money and then also not investing in themselves. People have a hard time investing in themselves. So what do you think is the big thing that helps that just click? Mm, yeah, I it's such a it's such a great question. So going back to the first investing in yourself, looking back now at all of the investments I made, I think my initial discovery when I was in the beginning years of entrepreneurship that I just didn't know better was I was paying people to solve my problems for me. And what I realize now is that I was investing to prove to myself that I was worth something. And I grew into that person. Like investing isn't just to get access to people that can help you to solve your problems. Investing is for another purpose to grow into the person that you need to be in order to charge that yourself. Like there's something about right. investing that does something to you subconsciously that helps you to realize like, if I'm going to put this much skin in the game and if I'm going to like actually pay this much, I'm going to show up in a very different way than if I wasn't investing at all. Right. You just show up differently. People that play, so true. They, they, they play the game. And so 
Um, I, I think that that's the first thing. And then, yeah, I, I think that sometimes it's when, when you talk about charging for it now, I think too many people take on the responsibility that people are paying them money when it's really important that we take the mindset shift that they are not paying us money because we're worth it. They're paying us money because the problem that needs to be solved is worth it. Oh, that's good. So it's not like an ego issue. It's not you're paying me for how smart I am and how amazing I am because that's where we all get, I think, stuck to ask for that big sell is it's not like a self-worthy thing. This is please do it so I can help you change your life and just flipping it on helping them. That's, that's brilliant. I love it. Well, I think it's amazing. And I think you can help affiliates all over the world really benefit from this. So tell people where they can find you and maybe uh, what you have going on right now, where they can get access to just all of your data that you have spent hours on and, and fine tuning this closing. Oh, process. you are so cute and so kind. So I have a free <laughs> Facebook group um, that is high ticket sales training for online entrepreneurs. There is tons of content in um, that Facebook group and so much support and so many amazing, incredible entrepreneurs that want to go from stabilizing their business to optimizing it and charging higher prices because they're figuring out how to fulfill better. So I think that that would be a great place to start. Um, another place that they can go is sixfiguresalescript.com. Um, and that is where they can find the actual sales scripts that took me from closing one in 11 to one in three and not facing any objections. Um, and that that sales script means more to me than just like the words on the paper. I mean, it's it's the I, I I try to emphasize to any of my customers that while this sales script is amazing and incredible, one of my goals is to not just teach what to say, but why you're saying it. So my sales framework is just that I teach the frameworks behind why you're saying what you're saying so that you need you feel the need to veer off or be yourself like you can do that while still having actual tangible evidences or examples of what it might look like to um, help people to be resolved in their efforts to like buy your program before you offer it or what it looks like to close someone like you'll have all those examples in that sales script but i think more importantly is showing up as the authentic person that you are and how you do that is by just understanding pure sales principles and frameworks so that you can do it in your own way. Well, I love how you explain it because that's true. Good teaching when you explain why not just do this, do this, say this, but this is why. And then by, you know, giving them freedom to go off on a small tangent and share a story and it keeps it more authentic. It keeps it, it f- the, the conversation just flows better and it feels yeah. more genuine. Yes. Sure. So I love it. Well, Brooke, you're brilliant. Thank you for taking the time to teach people uh, what you do and, and how they, you can help their business because I know there's coaches all over the world that are really wanting to do this full time and you do, and you have learned exactly how to do it well. So we're excited and we're grateful to hear from you today. And thank you for taking your awesome Tanisha. So good to meet with you. Thanks so much. Yes. Great to meet with you as well. I look forward to talking Mm -hmm. to you later. All right. Bye-bye.